Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through the day. Now here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope, a place where you get to believe what is possible for your life. And today, I have the great honor to introduce you to Arlene Warwick, who I met just a few short months ago and fell in love with her when I first met her. And I'm going to have Arlene talk a little bit about her business, and then we're going to segue into what I really want to get deep into. As I was doing the research on Arlene, I realized even how she started her business is quite impressive. So we're going to get into that. But first, to let you know a little bit about Arlene, she helps entrepreneurs and nonprofits find large sums of money to help build their organizations. And her business is called Find Corporate Sponsors. Arlene, welcome to Dare a New Belief. Thank you. You're so sweet. That was such a nice introduction. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, it's inviting me. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Thank it's so you. true. When I first met you, mm-hmm. um, you're just, you're a very kind soul. And I enjoyed our time that we had talking together. And I knew when I met you and then heard you speak, I knew that I wanted to have you on the show. So what I really want to talk about is things that have happened with you, especially when you were 13 years old, how you got introduced to um, an area of life that I find so intriguing. But like I was saying, when I was doing the research on you, I discovered that your business, you created that from an experience you had while you were on an animal rescue mission, which to me, I'm thinking, find corporate sponsors, mm-hmm. animal rescue mission. How do those two things tie <laughs> together? So can you share that with us? Sure. Um, I, I live in Daytona Beach, Florida, and I have done, over the years, I've worked as a volunteer for a couple of different animal rescue groups. One of them is Possibilities, the other is Furry Nation Salvation. And so we're, my niece and I were trapping uh, feral cats. They have a program where you can get them neuter, spayed, and released. And um, we were doing that. And I was in my kitchen one day in July in Florida, you know, 100 degree weather, of course. <laughs> and I had an air conditioner, but she called me and she said, Arlene, you've got to get here right now. I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. And I could hear the distress in her voice. I could hear how upset she was. And I knew it wasn't going to be good because we were doing animal rescue. So I got in my car. I drove down to this fish camp. And like I said, 100 degrees out, smelly fish camp. Yeah. And when I stepped out of my car, I was horrified. There were like about 40 cats all over the place. And there were these little kittens, these little kittens that had like three inch featherweight bodies. And their heads were like dense golf balls. They could barely hold them up because they were so malnourished. And it does have a happy ending, so you don't have to worry. But um, 
I didn't know what to do with them. So I just started picking them up and putting them in my pocket. Oh. And what <laughs> else can so you do? Teeny, tiny, right? I know. And I, I mean, I had my, my t-shirt or whatever I had on pulled out and I had just, you know, kittens in there. Oh. So, so I realized then that, you know, this is not working. We're, we're doing volunteer work. I donate a little bit here and there um, to different animal groups and environmental groups, but th- we, we need so much more. So I thought I'm going to, you know, step back and think about it because it just kind of was right. You know, it was like someone dumped a bucket of ice water on my head to wake me up. And I realized that not only nonprofits, but also businesses, the ones that really excel and do well, all have sponsors. Now, so many people think that you have to be big. You have to have, have been well-known for a while. You can't be new um, and to, to get a sponsor, but it's not true. Really what happens is sponsors make you big. They grow your business for you. They grow your nonprofit for you because they can give you money, visibility. They can give you gifts. They can give you services. And that's how so many, even small nonprofits and small businesses can grow and become known and become a lot more visible. Wow. Who knew? I'm telling because I was one of those people thinking exactly that, that you already have to be a big person to have a sponsor, a big company to have sponsors. So I definitely know that was my mindset. Right. And that's what everybody thinks um, because it's not something that, I don't know, I guess people just are too afraid to even, not afraid, I shouldn't say afraid, but I think people just are so are unaware that sponsorship is there and can, you know, they can get sponsors. If you want a sponsor, you can get one. A lot of times there's local sponsors are very easy to get. You can start there and then grow and get corporate sponsors, which they will sponsor your events. They will sponsor your advertising for them on your social media. They will give you a lot of money <laughs> to do that yeah. for them. So, you know, it's worth looking into. It's worth doing a little bit of research and finding out what companies might align with your mission or your beliefs and so on. Right, right. Absolutely. So I will be talking to you more about that part for sure, because I had no idea about that. So that's fantastic. What happened with the cats? How did the sponsors help with the cats? Okay, so that's a really good question. So my very or our very first sponsor um, was a couple that they were two veterinarians. They are married. They have a veterinarian clinic and they spay and neutered all 40 cats. They gave them their inoculations. They gave them, you know, flea medicine. Four of them had to have surgeries. They did the surgeries. They helped us find homes and they didn't charge us a penny. Wow. You know, it would have been out of the pocket, probably around $15,000 for 40 cats to be you know, operated on the few that needed operations were one operation would have alone been like a $2,500 operation. So that was our first sponsor and they were local. They weren't a big corporation, but you can see how, and it snowballs because once one company knows 
that someone's working with you and they like what you're doing. Then all of a sudden they think, okay, well, I guess they're reputable. We'll chip in also. And the good thing is you can have as many sponsors as you want. And once you build a relationship with different companies, a lot of times they will sponsor you year after year. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that cuts down on a ton of footwork trying to find new sponsors. So that's fantastic. So no, did all of those cats and kittens, did they all survive? They survived in a sense. I know we found homes for most of them. I, of course, had a few. Sometimes cats, when they're moved, they kind of run off. So a few of them did run off. Um, I don't know, like some people had barn cats. They, they wanted them from outdoor barn cats. So I would say probably 90 to 95% of them survived. And the re- see, what happened was after we had all the spay neuter and everything, we took them back to the same place where they were. We supplied the food for them and so on. And six months later, the owners were selling the fish camp. Oh. So they had to all be removed. So we had to go and trap them all again. And that's when we had to go find homes for them. So the people that were renting the place, you know, they didn't own it. So they had the cats. The cats kind of just came to them. But when they sold it, the city said, no, you can't have all these cats. And so that's what happened. Wow. But I say we were 90 to 95% successful. So yeah. Isn't that beautiful? So this situation that seems super sad, super scary, and you end up with a business and sponsors. And then I'm assuming that you had more sponsors once the vets were your first sponsors. And then you guys ended up with other sponsors for animal rescue. Is that correct? Right. And um, a lot of our sponsors are local and they're, you know, year after year, we have an event every year and they all, I have to do is pick up the phone and say, we're having our event and they either write a check or write a gift certificate for a a fishing tournament or, you know, different things like a hundred dollar gift cards for restaurants. And then we have a silent auction with some of those and, um, it's easy once you get to know them and they like you and they trust you. And a lot of people are interested in what you're doing. Right. So the main thing is to find the companies that align with what your message is. Right. And how beautiful is that? Because when you can have sponsors and it doesn't have to be this great, big, huge corporation sponsoring you, like you had the local vet right. starting off you. And what a good cause, because how else are you able to start doing the beautiful work that you do? And how many people do that? They have a great message. They have a wonderful gift or service that they want to offer their community or the world or, or wherever that offer is going to go. And they don't have enough financial backing to be able to do it. So the sponsorship, I'm telling you, this is why I think I was so attracted to you because all I have to do is hear corporate America sponsors. And I'm just like, whoop, not not my area. I don't know anything about that. And I just kind of shut down. But this is like the loving sponsorship. This is like the nurture love sponsorship. But I think it's just fantastic. And for it to come out of the animal rescue, how totally beautiful is that? I think it's just a wonderful meeting. A lot of um, big corporations now, they're doing a lot of cause marketing. And cause marketing is where companies, for-profit companies, 
will work with other for-profit or nonprofits to do some social good. Oh. So some of the hugest corporations are involved with maybe childhood obesity or clean water or breast cancer or education or the STEM program for children or disabled people or homeless or abused women. So several of them support many things, not just one. So if you are a health coach or a business coach, if you are involved with anything you know, similar to, well, just about anything, it's cross-marketing, just about anything you do that is for a good cause, you can find corporations that are in alignment with what you're doing. That is so awesome and so uplifting to somebody like me and other people who think the same way I do, where we just hear corporate America and then just kind of shut down and write all the bad that you hear. So this is fabulous. Right. This is the good news. I love this. Good. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Now that I know more about it, I would spend a lot of time talking to you about this because I really, truly did not know enough about this. But this is where I wanted to really go with you because when you were 13, you were introduced and started exploring the many aspects of reincarnation. And so I'm wondering if you could tell me about that and what that was like when you were 13. What was happening? What were the experiences that you had? You know, I don't know. It was my 13th birthday and I was sitting at my grandmother's house and all of a sudden I just had this thought that I don't want to be reincarnated. Oh. And I don't <laughs> I don't want to come back here. And I don't know where, you know, I was brought up Catholic but not strict Catholic. Yeah. Um we you know, we went to church but we weren't like, you know, there every single Sunday. We weren't real strict about it. So I don't know where it came from. I must have heard it on a, I have no clue. I kind of became interested in it and started reading about it a little bit. And that's how it started. But I have no idea how I was introduced to it, except for the fact that that was a real, that's a real strong memory. I mean, I can see the chair I was sitting on. I can see, you know, exactly where I was when I had that thought. I don't know where it came from. Funny. <laughs> I know. I just, I love this stuff because just like, I don't know where it came from. Right. And from that, all of this stuff happened because it seems to me that since that happened, that you have had a few incidences that have totally changed your outlook on life. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, which one do you want me to tell you about first? How about the sailboat trip um, in the Virgin Islands? Okay. Um, there were six of us that were going on a sailboat. It was like a 52-foot, I believe, sailboat. And I didn't, my girlfriend and I knew nothing about sailing. And we just, she was a nurse who knew someone that was getting ready to go and was looking for crew. Well, we weren't very much of crew, but we thought, oh, that'll be fun. That'll be really fun. So we decided we would, we would try. I'd been on a sailboat, you know, I had friends with sailboats, but I never really was on a, a trip that long. That would take so many days. We decided to sign up for it. Well, the captain ended up being just, oh, it was, it was a nightmare from the beginning because he didn't tell us anything, what we needed to know. <laughs> it was just. 
And you're part of the crew. Yeah. So we were just oblivious to everything. But we had storms. And um, at one point, he had us off the coast of North Carolina, which from Florida to the Virgin Islands is not going north. (laughs) But (laughs) to make a long story short, we we had um, really bad storms. And then we had one storm that it was at night and we pretty much thought we were going down. I mean, we were like, you know, there were six of us and we were going, oh boy, what is going to happen now? Yeah. So, especially because he had a crew that didn't know anything. Right. How scary was that? I mean, I can't imagine. It was scary. Did you even see shore at all at that time? Oh, no. We were 600 miles away from any shore. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. So we just, and this was before they had, you know, the kind of satellite, I mean, the satellite would go up and pass over us like once every 24 hours. Oh. So we couldn't really even send a signal, you know, a rescue signal at that point. Cause this was in the eighties. Wow. So I just remember standing up um, on the stairs that go to the cockpit and it was pouring rain and I wanted to get some fresh air because it was so rocky and rolly in that it was awful down below. And I kept saying, I've got to have faith. I've got to have faith. I've got to have faith over and over. And all of a sudden, well, you've heard of people seeing the light, but I became the light. I mean, Mm. like my body disappeared and I was the light and it only lasted for a split second. Wow. But it changed everything. It was like this, you know, you can't describe it. It's, right. it's one of those things you really can't describe. But at that moment, I knew everything was going to be okay. And if someone would have said to me, jump overboard now, I probably would have because I just knew everything was going to be okay. Right. And the funny thing is before I did go on the trip, I had said to my mom, I said, I'm supposed to go on this trip because I'm really going to learn something. I just knew I was going to learn something. And it wasn't like learning how to sail. It was just something I knew that was out there that I had to experience. Yeah. And, and that was it. Right. So when you said to your mom, I'm going on this trip because I know I'm going to learn something, was it kind of like that innate knowing or that intuition that was telling you that? Like, there's just something, I don't know what it is, but there's something about this trip Mm -hmm. that I have to go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. And it was, you know, I just kind of mentioned it to her in passing. It wasn't something that I kept thinking about. It just kind of came up one time and I thought, yeah, I'm going to learn something from this trip. So... Wow. So that was kind of interesting. (laughs) Totally interesting. So then what happened? So when you became the light and it just lasted like this split second, and then afterwards there was just this knowing everything is going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And did you feel it then for everybody else, the crew members, the other people that were on the boat with you? Did you feel it for everyone? Yeah, it was kind of like everything is going to be okay. So, you know, in other words, we're going to get through this. Right. Wow. It was that type of thing. So then my next question after this question, because what I want to make sure that I touch on is what did you do with that information, with that feeling? Because it's indescribable. There's not going to be words for you to be able to use to convey that feeling. It's such an out of this world experience to, and so heavenly. I mean, that's how they feel to me sometimes these feelings like there's just not 
earthly words for these heavenly kinds of experiences. But what happened the rest of that night? Did the storms die down or did you guys just have to keep writing them out? What happened for the rest of the trip and that night? Well, they eventually, they eventually died down. Um, it was still storming. I can't remember exactly when, you know, how long after that happened that the storm died down. I don't remember exactly, but we made it. Yeah. <laughs> we made it to the Virgin Islands. And I felt like I, you know, you hear the story about when Columbus, when they reached the land, how they all got down and kissed the ground. Right. <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> you know why they did that. Absolutely. And, um, it was, you know, it, it changed things, but it didn't. It was almost like I went on my, my usual self, but I just kind of had this knowing deep inside of me, just a knowing that there is more more to this life, more to this universe. And just, I just knew, you know, there's more (laughs) than this place on earth and this life. Right, right. It just, you know, no matter how much, um, I guess I'm trying to say is like, you want to believe and you want to have faith, but when something like that happens, an experience like that happens, you know, you just know. Right. It's, it's really pretty neat. <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It is. And it's that feeling. I'm sure you've never forgotten that feeling, what that feeling felt like that night on that ship. When you became the light, you still can tap into that feeling at any given time. Not like I'd like to. Oh. I mean, I wish I could experience that again. And I think I probably could if I took the time to. But it's almost like sometimes when you want something to happen really badly, you don't relax enough and just let it come to you. Right. So I, you know, kind of like like if I meditate or something, you know how you have to kind of just let it all go, which is hard, Yeah. which is hard to do. Yeah. So, but I still have, I still know, I just don't, I mean, I can remember it, but I can't remember it fully. Yeah. Yeah. But it's there. And that's the thing that's cool is because we always know that no matter what it is, when we experience something and it has such a profound, even if it doesn't have a profound effect, but especially when it has a profound effect, it's always with us. And whether we have just actively been tapping into it or just knowing it's there, because I don't think that stuff ever leaves us. I think it always stays with us. And so um, it's just a a choice of, do I want to tap in and feel that again? Or, you know, do I just want to know? And sometimes that's it. It's just like, I don't even have to tap into it because I know. I just know and I go about my life just knowing. Right. That's it. Exactly. And it's just, it changed everything for me. Not that I went and did a lot of things differently, but it just kind of changed my inner feelings, my peace and knowledge wise, it changed things for me. Yeah. Yeah. I now, I feel like I can really relate to certain things that have, you know, certain you know, people that experience miracles and I can understand it now. Whereas before you're always thinking, oh, did that really happen? But now it's like I can understand it. Right, right. Isn't that right? Because you actually, because you have felt that thing. And so, you know, it's just like, yeah, you don't have to say anything else. I absolutely get it. I know it because I have felt that too. 
It's yeah. Right. I love that. I just love that. How about your trip coming home? Did you guys all take the same sailboat going back to Florida or did you no, fly? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because the captain was a little bit, um, well, let's put it this way. He had a girlfriend and they could care less about anything else. Um, oh. They would be just sitting there oogling and googling over each other. And then in the middle of the trip, he fell overboard. Oh, God. It wasn't even a storm. It was just a nice little day. He was going to get some water from the back of the boat and he fell overboard. And here we are in the middle of the ocean and his girlfriend goes, man, overboard, man, overboard. <laughs> You're kidding. We're like all going, oh my gosh. <laughs> and you know, he, oh. I mean, that was the tone of her voice and it wasn't like and it was real quiet. Oh, and man. so he never even discussed with us what to do if somebody fell overboard. So we're like going, what do we do? What do we do? Oh. <laughs> and um, he, we got him back on the boat. Luckily, it was a very calm day. Yeah. And uh, no, we all flew home. <laughs> but That's crazy. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. He and his girlfriend, they went on. I don't know what happened. I heard through the grapevine that they were going to Portugal and their boat, um, the mass broke. Their ship sunk. And luckily there was a Russian freighter nearby that picked them up. Wow. And they had to stay on the Russian freighter for like two months till they could get back to the U.S. Because they didn't have passports. They didn't have anything. Oh, my word. You know, everything was left on the boat that went down. Yeah. Oh, crazy. So, I mean, it's, it's a, not a good ending, but at least they were okay. You know, they did nothing happen with them. I could go on and on about this story. Oh, my goodness. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the things that happened. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean... I, I talk too much, I know, but we were limited to a very small amount of things to bring, and his girlfriend brought 35 stuffed animals. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that strange? Oh, yeah. And I mean, she was a grown woman. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. So, yeah, it's just odd. <laughs> How far away were you guys from shore before you started realizing you guys are on the crazy ship and there's no way to turn this sucker around and get back off? I think it was two hours after we left oh. that we realized it. Oh, man. Yeah, so yeah. note to self, more research when I'm going to be a crew on a sailboat. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, my husband is a sailor, and we do um, sail to the Bahamas a lot. Yeah. We, I've made very many crossings to the Bahamas, but that's only like a 24-hour crossing opposed to like what was supposed to be at the maximum 12 days. took us like 19 days to go to the Virgin Islands. Oh. But um, so I was very inexperienced. We didn't even know what questions to ask. The crew yeah. didn't know. You know, we had no clue what to even ask. Right. So. Yeah. Oh, man. But I'll never forget it. That's for sure. Absolutely. And, and without that experience, who knows if you would have had the same experience with becoming the light. I mean, how cool is I that know. to not, not just see the light, but become the light. That is so, mm, yeah. Yes. I know. Oh, 
Right. Yeah. So I think that's beautiful. Now, and I'm going to circle back eventually, but not yet, Mm -hmm. but I will circle back and make sure that I ask you how you feel about um, when you were 13 years old and you made the decision at 13 that you did not want to be reincarnated. So we're going to come back around and find out about that. But first, I want to ask you about what is the significance in your life with a dime and a penny? Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So my mom um, has passed away about 10 years ago and she was like the perfect mother. All my girlfriends wanted her to be their mother. I had a real strict father and she was always, you know, the peacemaker and she was just so, you know, sweet and kind. And um, I, you know, I was, she was like my best friend. So she got Alzheimer's. And so I lost her many, you know, years before she really did pass away. And I was actually happy for her when she, when she died, because I, I just figured, okay, you've got bigger and better things to go on to. And it was a, a piece for me and actually a happiness. Of course, I mourned her and I was very upset and sad, but I, you know, part of me was happy also. Right. And um, so I was talking to my friend, you know, a few days afterward and I said, I just wish I could get a sign. So I, I know that she's, she's, you know, watching over me or everything's okay. And my friend Anne said, well, just ask for pennies. She said, whenever I get really upset and I want some kind of sign, my angels send me pennies. Uh, And I thought, well, pennies are great, but a lot of people find pennies on the ground. They don't pick them up because they leave them there for, you know, a child to pick up and find a shiny penny and they're just not going to bend over for a penny. Uh, So I didn't really think much of it, but all of a sudden I started thinking of a dime and a penny. It kept going, running through my mind, a dime and a penny, a dime and a penny. And it's funny because I'm sitting in the exact spot where I first found the the first sighting of the dime and penny. Uh So, (laughs) so there was some change on my table and I went to pick it up to take, um, put in my wallet or upstairs and off from the change separately fell on a diamond penny fell onto the floor. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's strange. I just thought about that. Yeah. So then I went upstairs and I was going to do some laundry and I emptied out my husband's shorts and from his pocket fell a dime and a penny. Mm, I love it. And then I did some laundry. I put the laundry in the dryer and then when the dryer ended, I opened up the dryer door and on the lint trap on top of it was a dime and a penny. (laughs) On the lint trap. (laughs) Yeah. You know how, how it slides into the slot. Well, right on top of it, resting on top was a dime and a penny. Wow. And so I thought, gosh, this is really strange. So then I had some folded towels or things I guess there were, yeah, towels on top of the dryer. And I went to move them, and there was a dime and a penny. (laughs) And then I went to my husband's bathroom, and I went to put some towels in the cupboard. And he had, you know, stuff all over the counter and threw some change down. There's a bunch of change. But separate from that change, about, you know, four or five inches away next to each other, or dime and a penny. Wow. 
And I thought that was like five times within two hours. Wow. So I said, okay, mom, I've got the message. I, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> you don't have to say more dimes and pennies. I know for sure now. Oh. But it, it really didn't end there. It went on a couple more times. Uh, I was about two weeks after that, I was at a outdoor restaurant with my friend. And I, she had just put her father in a nursing home. So she was upset. Mm. And I told her the story. And then we were ready to leave and she got her change and we hear clink, clink. And she goes, Arlene, guess what fell off the table? <laughs> it's a dime and a penny. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. And it's happened. It's happened a few times since then. Um, I don't want to go on and on, but, but it was such a significant sign because it wasn't just once or twice you know, how, how could that happen five times within two hours? Right, right. Absolutely. And Arlene, I've never told you this, but when I got done talking to you, when we were talking about mm -hmm. setting up the time for this podcast, right? I had picked up my computer. It was sitting on my dining room table. I had picked up my computer. I had taken it downstairs with me. Um, I had an acupuncture client. I did the acupuncture. I came back upstairs with my same computer, set it back down on the same kitchen table it was becoming evening. I went for a walk and on my walk, there was a penny. And it's like, okay. So I picked it up. My mom always did that. She would pick up a penny and stick it in mm -hmm. her shoe. So there was a penny. So I picked it up. I put it in my shoe. I come home. I pick up my computer again. So now this is the third time I picked up my computer since I had spoken to you. Pick up my computer again. And I heard change hit the floor. And I looked down. It wasn't a dime and a penny, but it was a dime. A dime, mm -hmm. and it was like mm -hmm. there wasn't a dime on my table when I had set the computer. When I picked up my right. computer, I didn't see a dime. When I set the computer back down on the same spot, there wasn't a dime. And I picked up my computer this time, right. and this dime fell. And I just started laughing, thinking, "Oh my God! I just had the penny on the walk. They weren't together." That doesn't matter, right? Yeah, isn't that? It was just like you're kidding. And I went to send you an email, and you just know how life gets busy, right. caught up. And I didn't get it off, and I thought, "Oh my gosh! I cannot forget." to tell you. I mean, immediately after speaking to you, I have the dime and right. the penny. It's like, this yes. is just crazy. Yeah. I love it. And you know, they don't have to be together because after that, I would like find a, a penny or I'd find a dime and I'd go, okay, mom, like, let's say I found a penny and I'd go, okay, mom, where's my dime? Yeah. And maybe within the next hour or so, I'd find a dime. Yeah. Is Oh, so, so yeah, yeah. Oh. So you, yeah, it was almost like um, just making, reinforcing our conversation. Yes, yes, absolutely. I love that. And of course, you know, because I lost my daughter in a car accident. So whenever right. these things happen, to me, it's just, it's the whole angel world just saying, we are all okay. We are so good. And you guys just need to live and enjoy and have a wonderful time. And right, we're here. We've never left you. And we will keep letting you know that we're here and, and that we've never left you. And for me, the solace in that is just enormous. I just, I, yeah, yeah. So every time now right. I see a dime or a penny, I will always be thinking about you and thinking about your mom. Aww. Yeah, always. <laughs> it's just like, that is so incredible. Yeah. And it might've been your daughter, yeah. you know, sending it since you were, you know, maybe she and my mom are buddies. Right. You know what? I, that's the stuff that I totally believe in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think they get together and it's just like, oh, look at that. Like, that's my daughter. Your daughter or my daughter's talking to your mom. And right. I mean, 
And just uh-huh. those connections, I think those connections go on and on and on. We just don't see them. It's just that thin skin between the worlds and we just don't get to see everything that's happening over there. Right. So I find it right. fascinating. Yeah, I was just going to say something I heard the other day and I thought was pretty interesting. I'm trying to th- see if I can get it right. It said, um, once you've lost a child, death will never have any type of gr- grip or fear over you again. Oh, wow. Isn't that it nice? Is. Isn't that a nice saying? Because it's you've been there and it it's probably somewhat true because I feel like I have a daughter, I have a granddaughter and I love them dearly. And um, I always feel like, well, I have something to look forward to when I die because I'll get to see my mom yes. again. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There is no question about that. There's absolutely no question mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I've never heard it said like that, but I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about reincarnation now? And it's so interesting that that just pops into your head on your 13th birthday that I don't want to be reincarnated. So how do you feel about all of that now? I still feel the same. I don't want to be reincarnated. Um, You know, I just feel like, you know, I mean, like the Dalai Lama has that strength to be happy all the time. And that's great. And I'm pretty, I feel like I'm happy. Um, quite, you know, I'm, I'm a happy person, but it's almost like it's hard to be happy when you know there's suffering going on. Yeah. And, you know, you want to fix everything and you can't. And so to me, it's like, I want to go to someplace else where I don't have to deal with the suffering. And that's kind of selfish in a sense. I mean, I could wish to come back and be able to make a big difference, but I don't know. It's kind of one of those things that I'd be afraid to come back a little bit, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And you know, I personally, I don't think that that's selfish. I think it's really nice if we get to know what feels right for me and what doesn't feel right for me. And I think we get Uh to claim that and be able to own that honestly, whether it's reincarnation or getting married and and choosing to not have children or choosing to not get married or or whatever those choices are, as long as we're not deliberately hurting other people. I think that's one of the reasons so many people end up so unhappy and angry and bitter and resentful because they do the things that they think they're supposed to do which are not the things that they want to do. And, and how, how can you live a happy life when you are doing everything, what you think you're supposed to be doing, and that's not even at all what I want to do. You're not living your life on purpose at all. So I don't find it selfish. Right. I, in fact, I think it takes a lot more courage to be able to say, you know, no, that, that isn't what I wouldn't want to be reincarnated. That's not what I'd want to do. So mm-hmm. I, I choose that, like, no, I don't want to have to do any of that all over again. I'm, I'm happy with how it is right now. We'll call that good. I think it's courageous to say that, and I applaud you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely, yeah, because I think if we all did that and really owned our feelings and not worried about what anybody is going to say or how they're going to judge us, because everybody's going to, not everybody, some people are going to judge everything no matter what. So so I think when we get to own it, it makes us happier people, and when we are happier, we do a better job in the world and help the people that are around us right now. So not waiting for my second life, I'm going to do a lot, or my hundredth life, I'm going to do a lot better then. It's like, no, I'm doing a really good job right now helping people and animals and, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And just in my community and helping, helping those who need to have the help right now. So, right. yeah. 
And going back to why I started my business, because I wanted to be able to, or I want to be able to let people know, especially nonprofits that, you know, you can, you can build your, your nonprofit and, and you can get money to do it and you can make a difference and you can go beyond the little group or your limited, you know, thoughts that there is a lot more you can add to work, you know, to become successful. Right. Absolutely. I lost you. You trailed off a little bit there. So, but you were talking about the nonprofits and the sponsors. So if you can just repeat that, cause I'm not exactly sure what you said. Oh, okay. I just said, that's why I got started with this business because I felt, you know, limited to what I can do and for, you know, animal rescue or the environment. And I realized if I could help others and show them how to get sponsorships, then I could be more effective through them, you know, by helping them and showing them that, yes, they can go beyond the goals that they've set and, you know, start setting higher goals and accomplish Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So, yeah. So Arlene, I love this and I would talk with you all day long if I could get away with it, but we're going to start bringing this in for a landing. And I, Okay. Um, so with your business, and thank you so much for sharing the personal stories, the story about um, your mom and, and bless your heart, because that's very hard when, when somebody you know and loves is going through Alzheimer's because you lose that person twice. Right. It's hard. It, it's so, it, it, it just tears at your heart. And so, you know, bless you for, for going through uh-huh. that because that, that's yeah. absolutely tough. And thank you for sharing your mom with us, that experience with us. And this crazy sailboat trip and 30 stuffed animals. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> it's like, come um, <laughs> nice preservers, but they're stuffed animals. So jump on the giraffe back. <laughs> oh, it, it was definitely. A trip in more ways than one. Oh man, no good. What a long, strange trip it has been. Maybe that's where Jerry Garcia got that song. (laughs) Oh, so Arlene, what is the best way for the listeners to contact you if they would like to get more information about your business, which again is called Find Corporate Sponsors? Find Corporate Sponsors. So, what's the best way for uh, the listeners to get in touch with you? Just email um, info at findcorporatesponsors.com. So it's info at findcorporatesponsors, with an S, dot com. And I have a free gift of a list of 100 different corporations and their contact information. And I also would love to talk to anyone and give them some tips on how to get started, what sponsors are looking for, um, how to find sponsors that align with their business or nonprofit. And I'd just love to have conversation with anyone that might be interested in learning more. Awesome. Oh, that's fabulous. And thank you so much for that free gift of the list of the information of those of a hundred. I appreciate that so much. And You're for welcome. being willing to talk to people and help them more with this because there has to be so many people like me not understanding the whole sponsorship and thinking I am not big enough. It's not going to work for me. So I'm not even going to waste my time. So you and I will be having a conversation again about this for yes, sure. Yes, yes. I'd, I'd be glad to tell you how to get started and so on. And yeah, that sounds yes, great. Yes, 
Thank you. Thank you so much for finding me so nice. Oh, gosh, <laughs> absolutely. You're fantastic. You are fantastic. And I have Thank enjoyed you. this so much. And I know that the listeners have. And all of, oh, all of Arlene's information will be in the show notes. So there's no need to worry if you didn't catch um, how to connect with her. That will be in the show notes and you'll easily be able to connect with Arlene and then get the free gift. So don't worry about that. And Arlene, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate your time. I know how busy you are and I totally appreciate your time. And thank you so much for sharing everything today. Well, it was definitely my pleasure and it was a lot of fun. So thank ah, you. Awesome. I loved it. Thank you so much. And to everybody out, everybody else out there in listener land, have a wonderful rest of your week and we will be back here again next week, same time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information that you can use right away. If you like what you've heard here, please subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to rate and review right there on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.